Welcome to Boobs Aren't Worth Dying For, the podcast dedicated to integrative health and healing from breast cancer and breast cancer treatment using the best of conventional and natural medicine. Your host, Deborah Beaumont, is an advanced practice nurse, functional medicine practitioner, and fellow breast cancer survivor. Welcome to today's episode of Boobs Aren't Worth Dying For. I'm Deborah Beaumont. I'm your host. I'm a functional medicine practitioner. I'm a nurse and I'm a fellow breast cancer survivor. I wanted to take a few minutes just to thank all of you for tuning in and following me since I started the podcast. I've been getting really great feedback and uh, information from everyone, and I so appreciate it. And I just wanted to take a moment to mention my intent and dedication with the podcast. I have committed myself and I strive to be the kind of practitioner that I didn't have when I actually went through my breast cancer diagnosis. I went through my diagnosis several years ago and I was very much steeped in the traditional Western medicine. And it was actually through complications that couldn't be treated by Western medicine that I actually had to search for information and find resources outside of that particular paradigm. And that's what took me into functional medicine. What really keeps me going and what I'm really committed to is really educating women and empowering women who are going through this to be able to make the most informed, most educated decisions that they can because all of this is overwhelming. None of us anticipated being there and very few of us, if any, are prepared for it when we get the diagnosis. That is my hope with the podcast and I thank you so much for the feedback I've been getting and for the positive response that the podcast has had. With that being said, I'd like to move on to today's episode. I actually decided to do a small mini-series around CBD using CBD in breast cancer treatment and breast cancer recovery. And I make that distinction because I believe there is a great deal that goes on in the recovery phase after the formal diagnosis and treatment has finished that isn't well addressed and oftentimes isn't talked about by doctors, by practitioners, by patients, and we're just sort of left out there trying to figure it out. And one of the areas that I read a lot about and that I've heard a lot about is CBD not only in its role in breast cancer, but in helping with some of the symptoms from breast cancer treatment. And yet, I think there are some specific things we need to be aware of. One of them is making sure we're getting good quality products that are not contaminated, because anybody who is dealing with an autoimmune issue has to think about that. And also through the very popular information from what we're coming to know clinically. And so I'm excited to continue talking about this. Today is the second episode in my little mini three-part series. And today I'm going to be talking to two young women who actually make a quality line of products. They make topical as well as uh, CBD oil that you ingest. And I really am excited to be able to bring this information to you and to talk about how to figure out if you're getting good quality CBD and if you're interested in using it yourself, how to access information and make sure that you're getting what's right for you. With that being said, I'd like to introduce my guests, Katie Moody and Brooke Brunn, who met in 2009. They've been friends ever since, and they've been building their business ever since. They came together. Each of them have um, dealt with their own health issues and have interest in CBD, but they really came together, committed themselves to having a good quality line of products that are organically based. I think they initially started out uh, in topical products and then went on to CBD. So I'm going to let them tell you their story. They know it better. Um, I just will say that they've done a lot of experimentation. They've been working in this area for a while. And one of the very interesting things that I would like Brooke to talk about is her own health challenges that really took her into learning about CBD and utilizing it in her own life. Katie and Brooke, welcome and thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank Hi. you for having us. Yeah, and thank you for being a healthcare professional in this industry. It's really rare that someone's willing to stick their neck out and really talk about the, the health and, and the issues in this industry. Oh, thank you. I I really think it's the area that I, I, I kind of get it because medicine can actually lag behind kind of contemporary thinking, but I think it's an area that uh, is only going to grow in the next several years. So I'm really happy to have people like you that I can learn from so that I can um, actually be learning myself and bring it to my clients and to my audience. 
Wonderful. And you're absolutely right. We just came from a uh, convention in Los Angeles and many of the keynote speakers are doctors and PhD scientists and all of them are saying this is coming to healthcare. So get ready. That's great. And you know, one of the things that I find as an integrative practitioner, I'm always talking to people about how to combine the West of, of Western medicine with alternative and more holistic approaches. To varying degrees, doctors are going to do that. Some aren't interested in updating their practice or incorporating new things, and others are. So it can really vary from practitioner to practitioner. So I think it's really important in any area, uh, but I really am committed to empowering women to being able to ask the right questions really assess if that person is really resonating with you and somebody that you want to work with. And I think one of the things I encounter is that there's kind of this old-fashioned belief that doctors know best and we just do what they tell us. And that I do not find to be a productive way of approaching breast cancer. It's too complicated. It's too personalized. And so um, I'm really excited that you can bring some education, give women an idea of the questions to ask. And I guess all of that comes down to if you've got somebody who's not open and receptive, there are increasing numbers of practitioners who are. So just keep looking. Uh, find someone who can work with you and who is willing to work with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So true. Yeah. There are many, many out there. Just have to find them. And I always have to say when I mention something about medicine, I also have to say that the whole alternative health world, that's a big umbrella that encompasses a lot of practitioners. And you also have to be pretty discerning about them as well. I, I don't find it personally helpful to find anybody who's completely anti-medicine. We need medicine and we need informed and engaged practitioners. And I think that the work that you two are doing and these conferences that you talk about are really exciting because it's telling me that there are practitioners who are interested in taking a more integrative approach. Yes, they are. It's a very interesting field. I mean, I think it's, it's come to the point where we can't deny the medicinal value. Exactly. Exactly. So, Brooke, maybe we could uh, start this off with you talking about your own uh, challenge and how you got into this and how you've utilized it for yourself, because I think that's a really important piece of the passion you bring to this field. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I would love to. It was uh, shortly after Katie and I actually started our business together. Uh, well, first, I've had epilepsy since I was 13. I had been struggling with different medications, different dosages of different medications all throughout my life. It seemed that as I got older, you know, the solution was just to keep increasing the medications. By the time I was about 32, uh, the side effects were just really, really strong. I was on a high dose of Depakote and Lamectal. I was just tired and depressed and anxious, and it became really hard to run our business. So I looked into some alternatives and tried a bunch of different things um, and then came across a story, Charlotte's Web story. Mm, right. um, who was a little girl who was suffering from seizures and her family used CBD to help with those seizures. I went to Katie and I asked her if she could try making this oil for me. At the time, there weren't CBD companies around. It was very, very new. We had no access to any of it, even in California. So uh, Katie made it for me and it made a significant difference. The first thing I noticed was the depression and anxiety was almost gone. I just had such a better quality of life within two days. Um, it it was incredible. And, you know, Katie especially noticed the difference because we were living together and she was helping take care of me at the time. And um, we just became so passionate about it after that. And so what we really wanted to do was just find out more. Why? Why is this working? And how can we help other people? As I learned more playing around with uh, dosaging, I tried going off all pharmaceutical medications. Um, again, I didn't have help at this time. There are lots of doctors now that are willing to help with this. So I encourage you to talk to your doctor. And that didn't work. The CBD didn't control my seizures uh, 100%. 
So uh, it did space them out um, in between. We found that I would probably have around three to four grand mal seizures a day, Mm -hmm. along with multiple partial seizures per day on no medication. The CBD was was able to space them out um, about a, a week in between. And so we decided to introduce a small amount of the uh, pharmaceutical medication, the Depakote and Lamectal, again, and uh, the seizures stopped and I didn't have the side effects. And so I found that it really was a healthy balance of the pharmaceutical and the CBD that allowed me to stay seizure free and not have the the depression and the fatigue anymore. So I've been on that regimen um, for the last three and a half years. Just over this time, we've networked with more and connected with more doctors and scientists to uh, perfect our oil and just learn more about what can help me and what can help other people. I mean, that's that's an amazing story. And it's funny, uh, one of the guests that I'm uh, going to be highlighting in a few weeks is an expert in the ketogenic diet. And interestingly enough, that also came from the whole world of learning to manage seizures. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, so it's really interesting that some of these uh, more progressive treatments are are helping. And, and I think that's important because seizures, there's no cure for them most of the time. And the medications have such serious side effects that affect your quality of life. And, and actually, I think that's something that breast cancer patients deal with as they go through treatment. The treatment may be the only thing that quote-unquote tra- traditional medicine has to offer, but the side effects can seriously impact quality of life. The other thing I really like about what you said is that you're not saying this is the cure for everything. I went on CBD and everything was perfect, that there's, there's that, that middle ground of finding what works for you. And it seems to me from what I know about CBD, that's a little bit of a each person learning where their ideal dose is is a little bit of trial and error because we don't have the same kind of uh, pharmaceutical guidelines that we have with some of the medications. Absolutely. I mean, it was very similar to the process I went through as a kid with doctors, just trying Mm -hmm. out different uh, seizure medications to find out Mm -hmm. what worked. Um, At the time, luckily, I could, you know, I was under medical care. And so they could observe me and do blood tests and, you know, all of these things um, along the way. So I had that help. But the process in itself was very similar. Right. And, and, you know, it's with anything, you know, whether it's pharmaceuticals or anything else, you know, each person is going to have to, you know, individualize what is working for them, really be proactive and engaged with their doctors to be in more of a conversation rather than just uh, taking something because they're told to. Right. Absolutely. And even their doctors are not going to always know the answer. We get the question all the time, well, how much should I use? Right. Without even knowing their medical history, they expect to, you know, have a, a clear answer for that. And there isn't one. I liked what you said earlier that there is an increasing number of doctors who are open to incorporating this in their practice, because it seems to me that's going to be the long road ahead. There's a lot of doctors and not all of them are on the cutting edge of this. So I think one of the challenges is that people are turning to manufacturers and people who are providing CBD, but they don't necessarily have a medical background to give you that kind of information you might be looking for if you're trying to address a particular issue that you're dealing with. Absolutely. And that's one of the things that I'm hoping to do is just provide some education. And I and I do want to bring attention to the fact that there are an increasing number of medical people who are seeking that information, just like you wouldn't go to any other service provider and just blindly trust them. Uh, this is an area where you have to also have to ask questions. And to that, I wanted to ask some questions about CBD and how people can trust the quality of products that they're accessing. But before we get there, uh, I think it would be good. I know this is kind of probably part of your basic stump speech that everyone asks you, but if you could explain the difference between CBD and uh, THC, the marijuana, psychoactive ingredient in marijuana that people are associating with getting high, because that is not part of CBD, but I'm hoping you can talk about that because you guys know more about it than I do. Absolutely. So there are many compounds that are found in the cannabis plants. There's cannabis marijuana, which is naturally high in THC. 
and it gets higher and higher nowadays. Um, so there's that one. And then and there's uh, cannabis hemp. And that one is naturally low in THC and high in CBD. Um, but again, there are many other compounds that we're still studying. But the main one to really watch out for as far as overdoing is the THC because that is psychoactive. That can cause impairment. And uh, that one you have to be careful with. The CBD, on the other hand, while anything does have a toxicity point, it would be very difficult to reach that point as a consumer with CBD. It's quite innocuous. Right. Right. So if somebody is interested in pursuing this, just to um, be really clear, you can utilize CBD and get the therapeutic benefits of it without the experience of being high. Correct. I know a lot about the legality of it. I, I, you can correct me if I'm wrong. It's my understanding that CBD is, is pretty much legal in all states. THC is not legal in every state. Uh, depends on what state you're in. But CBD is legal, and, but accessing it can be a challenge depending on where you're at. Absolutely. So when we started our company, it was before the federal farm bill came along. So it was 2014, I think, is when the farm bill came. And uh, that sort of legalized hemp nationwide on the federal level. However, the various states might have different uh, laws, uh, state laws, and then you have local city and county laws. All of them tend to conflict between federal, state, and, and, and then the various local laws. Of course so they do. <laughs> there's a whole lot of gray area right now, which is uh, makes it difficult. But for us, we go by the federal law, which says that hemp is legal in all 50 states. There are some unique characteristics to a hemp plant, and, and there are ways of using the hemp plant. I know that you, you make uh, topical uh, lotions and creams as well as oil. Can, can you talk about some of the considerations when someone is looking at a hemp-based product because it is legal, you know, some things they might want to ask about or be aware of in terms of quality and figuring out if it's going to help them for the reasons they're looking for CBD? Yeah, I mean, that. I think that there's a lot of layers to that question, um, but that's a very common uh, thing that, that our consumers want to know. One thing that I think that we could clarify is that you see in the grocery stores, oftentimes you'll see hemp oil in grocery stores. That is not the same thing as hemp CBD oil. So a lot of uh, products are made with hemp seed and hemp seed unfortunately does not have the CBD compounds in it. So it doesn't have the medicinal benefit. So that's one thing I think that we should clarify. That's important to know because yeah, I mean, you can go into like Whole Foods or some of the other uh, places that, that have a product line. And I, I think that's a really important thing to know. Absolutely. Absolutely. But then there's so many other things to know um, about the source, uh, you know, where you're getting the, the CBD from is very important. And unfortunately, it's very difficult to know the truth of, of where your source is coming from because you're dealing with a lot of different brands out there, as your previous guest mentioned, uh, 900, I think it was. So you've got a lot of different brands that all want to claim that they have the best and highest quality products but they might not. It is difficult for consumers to know who to trust. Is there any kind of testing or any anything that our listeners could ask about to ensure they're getting a good quality brand? The thing that I think is really important to be aware of is that hemp can absorb a lot of things. Um, it's the nature of the plant, but you know it can absorb fungus and bacteria and things that if they're not filtered out or, or in the uh, manufacturing and distilling process uh, can be passed on. And I think that's a particular concern for anybody dealing with an immunocompromised system. Absolutely. And for those patients, definitely making sure that the manufacturer of the product can provide a certificate of analysis 
which should show the lab results for pesticides, fungus, you know, all of all of the, the toxins. You want to make sure that they can provide you with that. Right. If there's pushback around that, something to be suspect of. Absolutely. It should have a batch number that matches the batch number on your bottle too. Oh, good to know. Good to know. That's a little nuance that hasn't been brought up before. Um, And depending on the area that they live, um, like in California, uh, we have a bunch of cannabis testing facilities. So they're testing facilities that are specific for cannabis. So you can always purchase the product, take it in to get tested yourself. Oh, good to know. Good to know. Yeah, I just spoke to somebody in Arizona who actually that's that's available in Arizona as well. So once again, depending on the state, California has always um, <clears throat> been at the top of the list when it comes to this. I lived in San Francisco for 20 years. So. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. So there was yeah, the uh, medical me. marijuana clinic around the corner. And you know, one of the exciting things about CBD and one of the things that I think is a challenge is um, uh, when I first was introduced to the medical marijuana, the edible part, actually I had broken my ankle. Boy, bone fractures are so phenomenally painful. So someone I knew was uh, getting um, the medical marijuana for me, but I think she got her card, and this was like eight or nine years ago, but it was like that wink, wink, nod, nod. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing, you know, medical marijuana. I was really grateful that she could get it for me. But but I really think that the introduction of CBD, for one thing, has to really kind of go up against that old way of viewing a way of getting legal pot, because this is not about getting pot. This is actually getting CBD, which which they're showing more and more. Our bodies have CBD receptors or endocannabinoid receptors, and that our bodies respond very well. And not to teach you guys, but you know, to let people know that CBD has been shown to be beneficial in hormone regulation, as you said, uh, in neurological uh, disorders and, and helping with spasticity with anxiety, with insomnia. There are a lot of benefits from CBD that don't involve getting high and not everyone wants to get high. So this isn't just a, a, a wink, wink, nod, nod way to get medical marijuana. It's actually a, a whole new level of availability for a lot more people, I think. Absolutely. And actually, we have um, receptors for CBD in our brains, which is why it has such a great neurological benefit for seizures, anxiety, depression, things like that. But we also have receptors in our organs and in our skin, which is why it has so many uh, beneficial, you know, uh, uses. So uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but when I was looking at your particular company, it, it sounds like you started with um, more topical creams and lotions before you went into CBD oil that you take by mouth. Is that correct? Yeah, we started with the topicals as far as what we actually sold to, you know, out at, uh, out at our farmer's markets at the time. That's all we were you know, doing with our little business and skincare. But the oil that was taken internally is actually the first product that we made, but it that's what the one that we made for Brooke specifically. In order to get that neurological benefit, you really do need to take it internally. But then quickly where we realized how, how amazing it was and, and really wanted to be able to offer it to the public. So we just started offering that as well. So a lot of the reading that I've done is actually about what you take internally. Uh, Can you talk about uh, how it helps when you are using it on your skin or using it topically? Is it, uh, I assume that you would use it for muscle relaxation and perhaps locally that way? Yes. So uh, we have a lot of customers that have uh, things like arthritis and inflammatory uh, pain issues. So using CBD topically directly on the area where you're experiencing pain relieves that relieves those symptoms usually within one to five minutes. So it's a very immediate wow. effect that way. Wow, that's that's uh, that's impressive. Yeah, and, and then I've actually found as well that when I get headaches. And a lot of our other customers have said this too, is they'll actually put it on topically on the temples, and that actually works very quickly to relieve headaches as well. Wow. And we're finding new, and that's the nice thing about you know the way that we were selling it originally, because we had our regular customers coming back and telling us all of the things that they were using it for. 
Yeah, right. we really didn't know, a, you know, a lot about it. It was a lot of um, education from our consumers. And then we get that feedback, reach out to scientists and doctors and, you know, say, what have you heard about this? Where's the research behind this? And how can we educate our customers now? You know, it's interesting, the, um, uh, the research component, because from what I've learned, because uh, the United States has such a reactionary relationship, you know, with this, I don't know the best way to describe it. But you know, this is this is a hot topic. And uh, there's been so much misconception that uh, for a long time, the research that people often are looking for was not able to be done in the United States, because if you, any place that was researching it was in any way tied into federal funding, you know, like many of the universities and research centers are, they couldn't actually access or test CBD or THC for that matter because of federal law. So a lot of that research, as I understand it, was done outside the country. And I think that there's a resurgence of bringing that back into the country. But it, it, it I think that that's a, a piece that is important for people to understand in terms of, of how to make sense of, of whether there's information and resources for them to look at. It's, it's, it's just been politically very complicated for a long time. Absolutely. So there is a lot of research going on, but it's the federally funded research that we can't have just yet until the federal government gets it together a little bit. Well, I think it's really interesting how that conversation could be changing with John Boehner's recent announcement that he's going to work for companies to to look at CBD. And and I was like, wow, what an interesting turnaround. And, you know, and I think all that, you know, what that's going to do is just uh, bring it up in news and in conversation even more than it already is. Absolutely. And then the FDA recommended the Epidiolex for approval, which is a cannabis medicine for uh, epilepsy. Interesting that you bring that up because uh, I know for years from uh, my pediatric ICU background that, you know, they've got Marinol and they've been trying to make synthetic forms of uh, THC and marijuana, trying to make sure you get the medicinal benefits, but you don't get the effect of getting high. That's what's really fascinating about CBD. But I think in general, I know that there's an entourage effect and the way the chemicals in a plant all work together have a synergistic effect. And that's what you give up when you take it and try to make a pharmaceutical substitute. That's in, that's in anything. You know, digoxin actually comes naturally in a plant, but the minute you try to make it a, a pharmaceutical uh, medication, you're dealing with... Um, uh, losing some of the natural benefits, you're dealing with dosage, you're dealing with intensity. And uh, so I think that's really interesting. I think it, as CBD grows in the next few years in terms of people being aware of it, it's also going to add another layer as pharmaceutical companies are trying to find a way to capitalize on that and make their own brands, which I think is, is still going to um, not necessarily have the benefits of the whole natural plant. Absolutely. That's the one downside of a pharmaceutical medication is that in order for them to reproduce the same exact thing every single time, it really has to be a lot more isolated and controlled. So you're really mostly just getting one to maybe five compounds at most. But the cannabis plant, I think, has 300 compounds. The hemp plant has 180 compounds. And yes, they work synergistically together. So you actually don't have to take nearly as much to get way better uh, results. Right, right. But pharmaceutical companies are always going to want their profit margins. So they're always, Absolutely. <laughs> and this has got to be like top on their list because I, I just, it seems to me just in my exposure to it that it's been like the last maybe nine months that CBD has just really exploded uh, in terms of information and it's on the internet and it just really seems like it's, it's really taken off. And I think that that's only going to uh, be stronger in the next few years. It definitely is going to be from all of the, the conventions that we've been traveling to. That's the direction it's going in. It's going into healthcare. Right, right. Which is good. And it's good for those of us, you know, and, and that's what I try to do as an integrative practitioner is, is really help define what is the least toxic and most beneficial combination of, um, and sometimes it's, you know, it's not 
giving up like like in your story it's not going off of all medications that that are prescribed for treatment but learning how to manage the symptoms or learning maybe taking less medication because you're using something like CBD that is giving you benefits so you don't have to have all the toxic effects because that's the thing with pharmaceuticals i don't know many pharmaceutical drugs that don't have some side effect and oftentimes those side effects can make you feel pretty miserable right yeah, that was that, that's a huge thing. I mean, we've had customers that are taking one one was taking nineteen medications a day, wow. and it, you know, you take one medication and it might cause a little bit of depression. So you need a medication for the depression then, and it just kind of snowballs. And I'm I was shocked to hear that that doctors are willing to give that many prescription medicines that might be interacting with each other, causing all kinds of other problems. So I, I, I was shocked. Yeah, interacting in ways that they don't necessarily understand or think about. You know, I can tell you in my own personal experience, I got sent to a number of specialists. And so a specialist might be familiar with their particular medications or their particular treatments. Uh, at one point in time, when I was uh, the first time I had cancer, uh, this is, uh, so basically, I had an OBGYN team, and then I had other serious complications that involved my having to have a cardiovascular team. And so the, the cardiovascular doctors would come in, and I would ask them something about what was going on with my incision or anything that had anything to do with the OBGYN part of it. And they'd be like, we don't do that. We just do the cardiovascular system. And then the uh, the OB. GYN people would come in and I'd be like, well, what about my leg? We don't do that. We only do the OBGYN. And I'm like, so you think my body got cut off, you know, at my abdomen because it was a problem with my leg. And then, you know, the psychiatrist would come in. Well, we don't do that. We just do psychiatric meds. And, and so, you know, by the time you get all these specialists who are all well-meaning, but they don't play well together in the sandbox. They, they don't integrate all of their treatments. So it is very easy for somebody to be on 19 different medications and your doctor just, they may not know how they're interacting. They may not even really be interested in finding out. And I think that's the downside. I'm glad we have specialists, but there's always a downside. And especially when it comes to oncology, the minute you're taking chemotherapy meds, your standard average doctor doesn't really understand all the nuances of that. So it can be really hard to get this conversation going. That's why I really support people to be their own advocate. And you have to do your own research. And, and you have to be able to say, I'm not willing to do this. I want to do something else. I want to try something else. And I think that's where CBD comes in. You may need to be a bigger voice than your doctor that say, no, I, I really want to try this and see if it helps before I go on more prescriptions. Absolutely. We always recommend that, you know, they take, if they do, you know, anyone who does want to try CBD, go ahead and take that into your doctor and show it to them and, you know, talk to them about it. Let them know you're using it, what it's doing for you, and uh, see if they actually do know anything about drug interactions for your particular medical background. Well, this comes up when, when people are taking supplements. And the thing that I, I'm not someone who's ever going to tell you to go against your doctor and what they say. But there's a world of difference between your doctor dismissing something and saying, no, don't do that because they don't know anything about it. And you asking a question of like, well, have you researched this? And why do you take this position? So there's a very different thing of I don't know about it. So don't do it. Or I've really studied it. And for these reasons, I do or don't recommend it. Those are two very different statements. But too often, you're just going to get people who are dismissive, but they don't really have any reason for it other than the fact that they haven't learned about it. And I think that's probably the big thing that's that gets tied in with CBD. They may still be operating on those, some of those old-fashioned ideas we've been talking about, and they just may not understand the new um, information that's coming out. And my hope is that if enough uh, of their patients come to them with CBD, that eventually they will want to look into it more. Right. And just, you know, for the audience, I mean, th this is, uh, I'm always talking about in the world of breast cancer, in the world of cancer, we've learned a lot in the last 20 years about the mechanisms of cancer. We've learned a lot in terms of many areas of medicine in the last 20 years. And CBD is just that. And, and what's more important is there's just been this renewal of understanding we have receptors in our body. It has nothing to do with whether you take CBD or not, but we have what they call endocannabinoid receptors in our body. And most people are deficient in, in, in 
in their endocannabinoids. So that's a really powerful piece of information, just like everyone's kind of aware of the fact that we have opiate receptors that um, respond when you take opiates. We have endocannabinoid receptors that are responsive to these endocannabinoids. And that's a huge breakthrough in medicine. Maybe it's a resurgence, but still it's a huge piece of information. Another area that um, I know people are really using CBD, particularly when there's an overlap, is in pain management. We've all heard about the opiate crisis. I just saw this thing last night on, on 60 Minutes about the opiate crisis. And that's uh, really prevalent. And, and what they're finding is, is that CBD is very effective in pain management and can oftentimes help someone really reduce or even get off their opiate medication. Opiate medication has its own inbuilt limit because you can overdose on it. So, um, and you develop a tolerance. And those don't seem to be mechanisms that are at play in CBD. So CBD is really effective for pain and pain management. Yeah, it has been for a lot of our clients. It it topically, um, again, is a great way to get introduced to it. It's kind of like that non-threatening way and you can see if it's going to work for you, you know, pretty much immediately. But yeah, it's it's helped a, a lot of our clients who are in pain who are also in recovery, you mm -hmm. know, so they can't use anything else and um, this helps them. So with that in mind, I, I want to take a little bit of time here so you can talk about the number of products that you carry because you, you carry quite a few and ones that I personally am and looking forward to trying. So actually, I wanted to give you some time to talk about the products you carry and how people can maybe get started if they're interested in exploring this and, and using CBD. Absolutely. Um, so as Brooke just mentioned, we do make a topical CBD salve that a lot of our customers use for pain. So anything from rheumatoid arthritis to old surgeries that are still painful to injuries, it's not going to replace surgery if you need to, you know, <laughs> heal a broken bone or something, but it will take the edge off of the pain while it's healing in a cast. Exactly. That's what I found. <laughs> 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 she actually got, uh, it wasn't brownies, but it was, um, it was carrot cake. I was like, wow, this is cool. So, <laughs> but, uh, um, so yeah, so we do uh, really well with our, with our topicals. We have massage oils um, and then the, the pain salve. Those are really, really popular. But we do also do a lot of personal care. We actually are the only company out there that are putting CBD in an all-natural deodorant. And the reason for that was because we have a lot of customers with uh, cancer that had questions. And, you know, we heard, oh, my doctor said I can't use any deodorant. So that's when we came up with, well, let's just put CBD in the deodorant. And, <laughs> and I, that was actually the, that's actually the, the thing that I'm most interested in checking out because this is a huge, there's, there's a number of reasons this is a huge issue. For one thing, standard commercial deodorants have a lot of toxins that are not good for anybody and particularly not good if you're dealing with cancer. For me personally, I know that that's, uh, I don't know if my skin changed after my mastectomy or just it, it shifted or whatever, but I get a lot of irritation. So I, I, there are very few things that I can actually use and anything that has any of um, like a, a commercial deodorant that has any of the um, uh, more toxic chemicals in it, my skin, I mean, you would think that I just got a massive sunburn. So this is really a big issue for women who have gone through mastectomies and lymph node dissection and, and treatment. And I'm not exactly sure the, the reason, but either your skin pH changes or your something changes and deodorants can be really difficult to find. So I'm really interested in checking this out. Good. We'll definitely send you one. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> um, as a matter of fact, I just had a client or someone who contacted me a few days ago, and this was the question she asked. I can't use deodorants. You know, I, it, she starts getting hives, and she was asking for alternatives. So I'm glad to see that you have something that people can try that, once again, is just more natural. And uh, I'm really excited to check that out. So. Yeah, so something that I think it's actually really, really common to get reactions from deodorants, even my brother, but we get so many customers that have issues with rashes and, and I believe it has something to do with pH, but um, the important thing to know about our natural deodorant is that it does have baking soda. Baking soda is antibacterial. That's 
not too much of a good thing is not good anymore. So if you leave uh, something antibacterial under your armpit for too long, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, eventually you're going to kill too much of the bacteria and that can cause sort of a yeast infection in the right. arm. Yeah, and some of it is just sort of getting used to your own natural body and um, odors. It and can change, yeah. yeah, if you're getting over a cold or if your pH is changing because of stress, you know, it can fluctuate a little bit. So that's the time to just use less. Right, right. And good old soap and water, you know, natural yeah. soap and water. <laughs> And, so, and then, as I mentioned earlier, that we do have uh, the uh, uh, CBD receptors in our skin as well. CBD is actually really beneficial for anti-aging, for uh, brightening the skin from sun damage and age spots. Oh, um, nice to know. We've had some customers come up with uh, melanoma. And they, you know, anecdotally say that it's helping them. I would definitely work with a doctor in that case. But there needs to be more research. Wow, that's, that's, uh, that's really interesting. You know, because once again, women who are going through treatment and some of these medications, these dry skin, being more sensitive to the sun, uh, being limited in what you can or want to put on your skin, all of these are all those side issues that, that come up that I can tell you, doctors, they're not, this is not what they you know, I, I find it really interesting that um, you can, uh, I, I read breast cancer sites all the time. And uh, the, the funniest one was talking about sexual arousal after treatment and what to do if, if your sex drive is tanked. And it was like, talk to your doctor. I, I spit out my coffee. <laughs> I was drinking all the time. <laughs> my husband was like, okay, what's, what's this one? And I'm like, really? You know, like your doctor is going to have a discussion with you about orgasm before you go through cancer. I'm sure they alone. have a pill for that too. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's like, it, seriously. But you know, but the fact is, is, is that this isn't trashing doctors. They don't have the answers for all of this. They're trained in certain things about disease and medication and symptom treatment. But when it comes to some of these side effects, the thing that, that gets me and one of the reasons I'm interested in, in CBD is that women will go back and talk about symptoms that they're having that we know are side effects of treatment and medication, particularly uh, estrogen-blocking medications. And doctors will be dismissive and say, oh, that's all in your head. And it's like, no, actually, it's in the insert that comes with the pharmaceutical medication. And, uh, you know, but if you're experiencing brain fog or you're experiencing severe joint pain, which are very common to some of these medications, and you go in and your doctor is dismissing you, and oh, oh that, that has nothing to do with anything. Yeah, actually, it does. I love hearing what you're saying because some of the other common side effects are um, skin drying, having skin problems, aging you know, wrinkles, and all of those things matter. Those are all issues of quality of life. And if you go to your doctor, they may not be the person that can give you any resources to help with that. They may not care. So I, I like the fact that, that you can talk about this, you know, and I think this is the benefit. That, yeah, that is true. And, and that's why we use all natural butters and oils in our products too. Right. We do tend to focus more on the aging skin, but definitely, you know, post chemo with, uh, you know, the, the skin changing that, that is huge. I, I, as a woman, it's very important to me. So I assume it's also important to a lot of other women out there. So, um, we are launching our uh, skincare line. Um, oh, again, exciting. all natural butters and oils, really good for aging skin, really good for the extra dry skin. We do have um, our day cream actually even has mineral zinc oxide, so it actually protects you from the sun as well. Wow. Wow. That's really, that's really exciting. I live in Hawaii. I know you guys uh, live in San Diego. Uh, so yeah. being outside, it's yeah, uh, we, we actually have an all natural sunscreen too. I know Hawaii is pushing a big initiative for, to get rid of the um, commercial sunscreens. Yes, that, that I, I, I actually spoke to somebody a few days ago. I, that's going into law. It's, it's so environmentally toxic and it's, um, it's actually killing the coral reef here. You know, if you think about all the people who are going in the water with sunscreen, so it's uh, really harming the sea life and the coral reef, and it's not good for you either. Um, so yeah, that's, that's really exciting that there's a natural alternative. Yeah, yeah. and it works very well. So it, it does. It's a good alternative. 
So um, we're reaching the end here, and um, I, this has been just really great to be able to talk to both of you. So I just wanted to make sure that we got in um, the information about uh, how people can find your products. I know that you do it online, and I'm actually going to have references in the notes and uh, have a way that you that our listeners can access your products through my website. But uh, if they wanted to learn more about your company, can you give us some information about how they can do that? Absolutely. So we actually do have a website as well. Um, I'm sure we can give you the link if you don't have it already. And we have lots of blogs and testimonials from other cu uh, customers on there, what they're using CBD for and why. Um, and then they can always email us too. If, if you can't find the answers on our website, then we're here. So uh, Katie, I know that uh, in your bio, it says that your mission is to become a leader in cannabis education, working closely with the scientific and holistic medicine communities to create more products and bridge the gap between the public and cannabis as medicine. And um, it certainly sounds like you're doing that. But um, do the two of you, it's a, you said that you go to conferences. Do you actually give talks? Do you uh, actually do education for people? I know you said you have your blog, but um, are, are there other ways that people might see you, meet you, or get to know your products and your work? Absolutely. So yes, we are um, speaking at uh, several conventions. We've already done, I can't even count how many this year so far, but I think we have many more to come. Do we put those on our website too? We do and we put them on Facebook. So our social media platform is really engaging and interactive. Um, it's, you know, kind of you can get maybe answers to questions faster. You know, we always have someone keeping an eye on those accounts. And then we also post all of the events that we're doing. We post all of our blogs and you can just kind of keep up with where we're at and what we're doing through social media very easily. Great. So um, what is uh, what is your website URL for people who want to look into that? Yes. It's www.kbpureessentials.com. Great. And as I said, I'll have it on my um, website as well. So is there anything that we didn't talk about uh, that you would like to leave our listeners with in terms of um, an important piece of information or how to access it or how to figure out if it's something they want to explore? I think we covered a lot, but I just want to make sure I didn't miss anything. We did. We did cover a lot, but I think the important thing to take away is to not be afraid to ask questions. Ask questions to your doctor. Ask questions to the people you are considering buying CBD from. Yes. Ask questions to other users of CBD um, and, and look into the research yourself. There's lots out there um, if you go online. So I think just the most important thing for the consumer to know is to ask questions and do your own research. So I want to come back to that one piece that you mentioned about uh, asking questions. I know depending on what state you're in, they actually have stores you can go into and right. I'm sure in other states they don't. But um, you mentioned something earlier that I really find interesting, which is a certificate of analysis. Is yes. that something that if you ask for uh, that you should get pretty effortlessly from anybody who's selling a product? Pretty effortlessly. Some people have them um, saved like electronically, so they should be able to say, sure, I can, you know, email that over to you. Um, some, especially I think dispensary stores may be required to have printed out copies, so you may be able to physically see it there. But yes, it should be pretty simple. The answer should always be yes, I can get that to you. What's your email or, you know, how can I send it to you? Right. Right. Because as I said, I, I really feel very strongly about uh, the people that I work with, that um, there are some real health concerns, and you really have to be mindful of that. Not everybody is, they're just, you know, they're, they're not coming from the same place. So I'm always about empowering people. And believe me, if you ask questions of anybody, and, and they're, you're getting stalled, or the runaround, or they get defensive, whether it's your doctors, or your alternative health practitioners, or your, your the people you're talking to CBD about, um, that's always a red flag, because I think most of us who are working in this area are really based in education. So if they're not doing education and, and talking to you about that, that's kind of a red flag to me. 
It is exactly. You should, especially in this industry, you need to be really transparent. And if you're doing things the right way, you shouldn't have a problem with being transparent. Right. Right. Well, thank you so much. I I just uh, thought of another question that probably would be a whole other podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We're happy to come back. Yes. I I love that. I'd love that because I really think that this is something that... um, that is, there's going to be more and more people who have questions about it. And I'm really committed to uh, really teaching people how to access safe and good quality products. And certainly sounds like your line is that. And um, um, I love the fact that it's organic. I love the quality testing that you do. And, you know, a true testament is, is when you actually use it yourself, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, our whole line was created because it was something that we wanted to use ourselves. And, you know, couldn't really find that out there. So we decided to make it for ourselves. For those of you who are interested in finding out more about the products that Brooke and Katie have been talking about, their website is kbpureessentials.com. I'd also like to mention that I will have this information and other things we referenced in the podcast in my show notes, which you can find at www mindbodynutritionrn.com slash podcast. Under this week's featured episode, you'll see a tag for show notes and you can access information there. On my website, you can also find the free download on tamoxifen and aromatase inhibitors and side effects that are associated with those drugs to help you make an informed choice if that is what's being recommended for you in treatment. And in closing, I would like to once again talk about the group program that I am going to be running. It's going to be starting in August, and this is going to be a 12-week online virtual group program. We're going to be meeting weekly, and it's going to be women who are recovering from breast cancer, who are interested in learning more about an integrative and functional medicine approach to recovery, as well as learning about mind-body skills and dealing with some of the emotional aspects of recovery. That's going to be a very integral part of the program. I'm really excited about it. I hope you'll consider joining me or at least contacting me to find out more information. And you can do that by contacting me at www.radicalhealthrn at gmail.com. So until next week, thank you so much for joining us and take care. And I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. If you have questions or feedback, you can reach Deborah at RadicalHealthRN at gmail.com or her website, www.MindBodyNutritionRN.com. You can also find us on Facebook under Boobs Aren't Worth Dying For. For future episodes, subscribe on iTunes, where you can also leave positive reviews. Until next time.